Thank you so much for joining us this week on Teach Me How to Money. We're here with Jeremy Quitner, our lead financial writer here at Stash. Hey, Lindsay. Hey, Jeremy. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Are you feeling bubbly about inflation? I'm feeling a little bubbly. I'm feeling uh, inflated, inflated with excitement. That's a good way to be. To talk to you about inflation. Now, inflation wow. is something we read a lot about in financial news. Everyone's talking about it this week, but it's very confusing. So what's confusing to you about it? So basically, inflation is in any increase in the cost of goods and services. It's one of the important factors in the economy, and it's important to pay attention to. But what makes prices inflate? Who's doing it? Sure. Well, there are a lot of different things that can cause inflation. One of the biggest one is supply and demand. If there's a lot of demand, prices will go up. We've been in a very low inflation environment for the past 10 years, just by way of uh, background. What's going on now, however, is that uh, wages for consumers are going up slightly. Okay. So people have more money to spend. When people have more money to spend, that means there's potentially more demand for basic services and products, everything from cars to kind of heating oil to anything else, that uh, breakfast cereal, things that people might want to buy. And that causes inflation to go up to some degree. So something else that happened recently is the tax break that everybody got. Uh, oh, right. Has, yeah, that's kind of goosed the economy. It's given people more money to spend. So people have more money in their paychecks, and that means that there's spending a little bit more. So is inflation kind of helping people spend less money now that now that they have more money to spend? Well, actually, so inflation is kind of a confusing topic, I guess, in that degree. It means things are getting more expensive. So um, you can think of the economy as like a big ecosystem. When there's inflation, something called the central bank, the Federal Reserve, is tempted to increase interest rates to tamp down on inflation because too much inflation, runaway inflation, is really a bad thing okay. for the economy. So what it'll do is raise interest rates, and that will depress spending. So in and of itself, inflation can be a spur to spending. So if consumers see that prices are going up, they're like, gee... I'm going to buy this now because if I wait, it's going to be more expensive. So it can be something of a spur to spending. So tell me about a time in American history where there was a lot of inflation. Okay. Well, the period in recent history that everybody talks about is the 1970s, where there was runaway inflation of like 15, 16% in the 1970s. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. We entered a period called stagflation, which is high inflation, uh, sort of low productivity, a lot of unemployment. It was just a really bad, messy uh, situation. To counteract that, the Federal Reserve increased interest rates to an insane amount, I think as high as 20%, which also made it very difficult for businesses to operate. Oh, gosh. And it was a big learning lesson for economists and business people and, you know, the current people who are in the Federal Reserve learned a lot from this. It's always like a balancing act. You don't want too much inflation and you don't want interest rates that are too high. So you're trying to get like the absolute like perfect balance, which the Federal Reserve has determined inflation of between two and 5% is good for the economy. Interest rates that are also in the two to 5% range considered good. That's just like a perfect balance that interest rates that are creating the ability for businesses to borrow at an appropriate level and just enough inflation to act as a spur to the economy. So double digit interest rates are really bad. They, yes, I, yeah. I remember people were borrowing from banks in the 70s when they were getting mortgages, they were repaying their mortgages at like seven and 10% 
percent interest. Yeah, and which is you know it's like half that today or less. It is. So it's bad. You don't want to be involved in this sort of inflationary spiral. And what's been going on now is you know there's uh, indications that inflation rates are ticking up slowly, uh, which has not been the case since the financial crisis. Yes. Yeah, so what happened in 2007? So from what I remember, interest rates they took them down to zero. Right. So the Federal Reserve has this job of keeping the economy kind of on stable footing. When things fell through the floorboards in 2008, the first thing that the Federal Reserve did was decrease interest rates to actually at one point less than zero. Oh, that's right. And that was increasing the monetary supply. They did a number of different things, but that's one of the things that they did. They also bought a lot of bonds to make other assets like the stock market more valuable by purchasing bonds. It's sort of it's kind of complicated, but it decreased interest rates also in the bond market. So it made bonds less attractive to people. So people went to stocks. This is a, a program called quantitative easing. Yes, that was a big program that they introduced to really bolster the economy during a terrifying time. Right, exactly. So one of the things that the Federal Reserve did was decrease interest rates as a way to get people to spend, as a way to get people to invest in businesses, as a way to get banks also to lend money to consumers and to businesses. So what's the difference, explain this to me, between interest rates and inflation? Okay, so an interest rate is something that there's more control of. The Federal Reserve can set interest rates, banks can set interest rates, the interest rates that banks set are basically based on the interest rates that the Federal Reserve sets for something called the federal funds rate, which is an interest rate that banks charge one another just to lend in a short term, like overnight windows to lend between each other. Got it. But inflation happens. You can put things in place to prevent inflation. But when people say runaway inflation, it means that despite all the safeguards that the Fed does and all these government organizations, inflation can still take hold. Exactly. And while the Federal Reserve has this goal of about 2%, again, in the 70s, inflation was running at about 15% for a lot of different reasons, like the cost of oil. There's oil shock. Oil was going through the roof. People were waiting online for blocks and blocks and blocks to fill their tanks with gas. Exactly. 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 Oh, that was a crazy time. Yeah, absolutely. And right now we're kind of coming back from the financial crisis. So we're slowly, Janet Yellen, and now our new Fed chair is now slowly but surely hiking up interest rates because now they're saying, and what we hope is that the economy is ready to handle it. Yeah, exactly. There are a couple of different things going on. Uh, we need to go back to more normal interest rates, which are between like 2 and 5%. Right. They're still at like 1.5% or less. So we need to get back to more normal interest rates in case something else happens and we need to lower interest rates again. Right. You can't lower from zero. Exactly. Unless you can, which yeah. they did. <laughs> yeah. So as that's happening, inflation, nobody knows why, but during the financial crisis has remained amazingly low. There was some fear that deflation might happen, which is the opposite of inflation. Okay, so what's deflation? Deflation is when broad-based range of of prices are falling, not just one or two prices, but like everything's falling. That's really bad over the long term because consumers stop spending uh, and debt gets more expensive and it can really crimp production, manufacturing. It's expensive to hold on to assets. Does that mean that there's more supply than demand? Uh, it can mean that. It can mean that. Yeah, but not necessarily. It basically means that if there's a overarching falling of prices. So for the for everyday people, so this is we're getting really into the weeds in this way that I think is really helpful because we should all know what inflation means. But how does it affect people when they go out and go grocery shopping? The big example that people say is, you know, ten dollars doesn't buy you what it used to buy you ten years ago. Sure. You used to be able to buy, you know, two dozen eggs yeah. and. A, 
a bunch of boxes of Lucky Charms. Now you can only buy one dozen eggs well, or one box sure. of Lucky Charms. Well, what the, what the Consumer Price Index is showing is that inflation across a wide range of products and services is going up. So your $10, you spent $2 on cereal and $5 on something else. Those same products will be more expensive. So the $2 that you spent on cereal, now you're going to spend two twenty-five on cereal. Right. Or, you know, you're going to spend, instead of $5 on gas, you spend $6 on gas. So basically you can buy less for your money uh, with inflation. So the same $10 that you had last week, if you go to the grocery store with it to buy cereal and muffins and bread and you know milk, we'll buy you less of those things. So the market went down last week, went up and it went down. It was kind of a wild ride. And news of inflation was driving some of this activity. How does inflation affect the market? Does the market like it? Does it get angry at it? (laughs) (laughs) That's a good question. When you ask that question, you have to consider inflation and interest rates. Last week, fears of rising inflation caused the markets to fall. We actually entered correction territory, which is a drop of stock prices of about 10% or more. So what, what happened there? There were fears that inflation would go up, which means, you know, to counteract that, the Federal Reserve would increase interest rates. So those are two of the driving factors. What's going on with that? When interest rates go up, it makes it more expensive for businesses to operate. That frequently businesses need to borrow in order to fund their operations. Right. In order to borrow, you know, a loan comes with an interest rate. If the Federal Reserve is increasing interest rates, that will make it more expensive for businesses to borrow, which means that stock prices can go down because they're spending more of the costs on operations, essentially. They have less to return to shareholders. So an inflationary period can be bad for businesses and public companies that whose stocks consumers are buying. On the other hand, it can be really good for bonds because as interest rates go up, the yield on bonds also increases. So that could potentially be a good buying opportunity for investors who are interested in bonds. And bond prices have been very low for the last 10 years. So here's my question. When interest rates were low, what were people worried about when the interest rates were too low for too long? Well, there was a fear about deflation, that if interest rates were so low, there wouldn't be enough demand. And so prices would start to go down. So when talking about inflation, it's sort of a, a larger topic around interest rates and around monetary policy in general. Yeah, interest rates, inflation, deflation, it's all like a big complicated ecosystem. One thing affects the other. So when inflation goes up, interest rates can also tend to go up as a way to combat it. Vice versa, when inflation is too low, um, you know, interest rates might tend to go down as a way to spur demand and spur the economy. So it's all interrelated. It's a very intricate kind of dynamic that's at play. That said, there are no foolproof ways of making sure that interest rates are going to stay at the right rate and inflation will stay at the right rate. All the Federal Reserve can do is try. Let's just try. Yeah, right. There's no magic wand, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. So again, they're trying to keep things out of balance. The lessons from the 1970s of really high runaway inflation, really bad for the economy, but interest rates that are too high are also really bad for the economy. So what they're trying to aim for is a balance. Interest rates are between 2 and 5% and inflation ideally at 2%. So if inflation continues, you said we're going to see some of these price changes in the grocery store. Where are some other places where people might start to see a little bit of a difference? Sure. Uh, home buying, buying of automobiles. If interest rates go up as a result of increasing inflation, it's going to be just more expensive for consumers to borrow and to buy things. So the cost of things can go up, but also the cost to borrow could go up. Would this also affect interest rates on credit cards? Yes, absolutely. So inflation in and of itself will just make things more expensive. But again, rising interest rate environment, that federal funds rate that we were talking about is the basis for 
interest rates on everything from car loans, automobiles, mortgages potentially. So as interest rates will go up, it'll be more expensive for consumers to borrow. So, but will I get more interest on my savings account possibly? Yes, possibly. That's a good thing. That's actually a really good thing. Right. So, you know, that hasn't been the case as interest rates have ticked up over the last few years. Yeah, Banks I mean, haven't tended to really increase interest rates, but now they may have to. That would be really interesting because right now you just don't get very much from your savings cents. account. Right? Yeah, like 30 cents a year. Exactly. If you're lucky. So hopefully what could be a positive result could be that banks will start to offer you more interest. Yeah, that's potentially one thing. Well, that's nice. We yeah. always try to end on a nice note. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for stopping by and explaining inflation to me. It's a very complicated topic, but I feel like I've learned a lot. Thanks, Lindsay. Thanks for listening to Teach Me How to Money. Send us your questions at teachmehowtomoney at stashinvest.com and we'll try to answer them in a future episode. If you like what you're hearing, leave us a review on the iTunes store, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Ready to start investing? Sign up for Stash and then enter the promo code PODCAST. And you'll get $5 to get started on your financial journey. Stash, it's your money. Simplified. This podcast should not be copied, distributed, published, or reproduced in whole or in part. The information contained in this podcast does not constitute a recommendation from Stash to the listener. Neither Stash nor any of its officers, directors, or employees makes any representation or warranty as to the accuracy or completeness of the statements or any of the information contained in this podcast and any liability, therefore, including in respect of direct, indirect, or consequential loss or damage, is expressly disclaimed. The views expressed in this podcast are not necessarily those of Stash, and Stash is not providing any financial, economic, legal, accounting, or tax advice or recommendations in this podcast. In addition, the receipt of this podcast by any listener is not to be taken as constituting the giving of advice by Stash to the listener, nor to constitute such a person a client of Stash.